0: It's Monday the 15th of March. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host, former Australian cricketer Shane Lee. How was your weekend, bud? Mate, it was a great weekend.
1: I saw some live sport. I was lucky enough to be at the, the Chairman's Club of the Roosters to watch some
0: absolutely flog manly, mate. But um, good to be back watching live sport, Timmy. Yeah, and then starting to watch the kids play sport because a lot was cancelled last year and it's so nice to have footy back and netball back and all these other sports that the children play. We've got a huge show on the way and don't forget, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, Afternoon Sport, and some lucky listener will get the signed cricket bat from Chris Gale from Spartan Sports. So follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And that wonderful cricket bat could be yours. Shane Lee, your Dragons. Uh, Well, the Sharks, they got over the top of them early. They came back and I thought, oh, here we go. Uh, They've got this very good back line. But in the end, same old story. Lost to start. Yeah,
1: lost to start. Lost to start badly. Uh, The Sharks getting out to an absolute flyer and yeah... Correct. The Dragons did look a little bit better in the second half and, and made some sort of comebacks, but uh, but once again, the Dragons looked pretty much out of their depth, mate. Um, it's not a great start to the season. Not a great start for the new coach, Anthony Griffin, too, and uh, you watch the, the Saints supporters turn on him pretty quick if he doesn't get it right. <laughs>
0: Well, they're already calling for Des Hasler's head. That was a whacking by the Roosters over Manly. And it starts early. There's almost, uh, you know, a, a study in which coach will be under pressure first.
1: 100%. And um, I was lucky enough to be out at the Roosters game watching that match. And, you know, we talked about the storm the other day and how much speed they had. Tedesco, you now he scored three tries the other night and absolutely quick around the rucks and uh yeah the Roosters look sharp but manly yeah looked down their depth. Both those two matches we just spoke about, there was a lot of errors. Um and maybe that's just the first round sort of blues a bit, but um yeah you if you're making early predictions, you say the Roosters are going to be up there and, and the Dragons won't.
0: Tell us about your night at the SCG, mate. Was there a, was there little mini sliders? Were there a couple of pies? <laughs> was there a cold libation? We had lunch
1: before we got there, mate, so we were quite well behaved. But uh, <laughs> lucky enough to be out in the Chairman's Club there at the Roosters. And um, no, it, was, it was really good. There was a decent crowd there. Um, and just walking into the actual SCG, the... I know the anticipation about going back to live sport by a lot of people walking along the street was um was quite high. So it was good to be out there.
0: Yeah, it's great to get the crowds back. And where you were, you would have been able to peer over the back and see that new stadium. It looks extraordinary. I had a chat with someone last week about how it's all going to be fitted out. It's going to be phenomenal.
1: Yeah, but I had um I had Gladys Baraziklian and um and Todd Greenberg who both sit on the the New South Wales venues, um, who are part of, of Gig that Built. Um and that goes live today, but yeah, it does look magnificent. We are, we are going to have a, a world class stadium here in well, two world class stadiums back to back here in Sydney.
0: Yeah, lunch with Lee, of course, don't miss it. It is compelling and compulsive listening and uh, look uh, a sad day look he got to 97 Murray Walker the voice of Formula One but I used to love it go Monaco we're underway yes here we go and he just had this voice that that captivated you whether you love motorsport or not so um, yeah another legend um, passes by. Yeah and um, yeah, just reading
1: a few of the things on online he was, uh, he was he was obviously dearly loved not just in the motor racing industry but, uh, but all around the world for a lot of people as you said but yeah a very good knock you'd take that
0: yeah 97 for Murray Walker we're going to talk more later in the show with John Thompson about the wonderful mellifluous tones of Murray Walker but coming up next on Afternoon Sport it is another guy with a wonderful voice Brenton Speed all things football chat football, and there's not a kind of football that this guy can't call. His name is Brenton Speed. He's a
2: dear friend and a very talented man. How are you, Spadoo? Good, Timmy. Great way to start the week. I'll be on the golf course before you know it, but great to <laughs> chat to you, blokes. Brent, let's start
1: with the uh, the Central Coast. They're still sitting pretty at the top of the table.
2: Yeah, quite remarkable what they're doing after so many wooden spoons in recent seasons, and uh, they had to be resilient On the weekend, uh, Perth Glory came to play and had the lead until late, but uh, Matt Simon earned a late uh, penalty that was there and he dispatched it as well. So a two-all draw at home for the Mariners, who are now six points clear at the top from Adelaide United, who are coming off a big win over the Melbourne victory on the weekend.
0: As people have heard me say I'm a half leb from Guildford I'm a Western Wanderers man Western Sydney Wanderers man and they have a huge week Brenton a couple
2: of wins this week could really sit them nicely on the table. Absolutely right now they're in sixth spot but they play tonight the A-League continues with a bit of Monday night football and they've got Wellington who they played a two-all draw with recently down in Wollongong so now they get them on their home patch and if they Win tonight, then they go second on the A League ladder after some scratchy form this season. And the Wanderers can really kick on now. And as you say, they back up again on Friday night as well. So the next two A League fixtures involve the Wanderers at home. If they were to take six points out of six, then they'd really solidify their spot in the top two in the A League. So it's a massive week for Carl Robinson, who got a bonus win. When he was watching on from his hotel room in Melbourne last week, when the team went to Ballarat, he was battling uh, illness, uh, but they got the three points with a goal from Jordan Much. so can they back it up tonight? Yes. Hey, Brenton, drama at Melbourne Victory. Absolutely. They've lost again. Uh, They're bottom of the table. They have seven points from their first 11 games. Yeah. Not what you associate with the Melbourne Victory. And uh, uh, their strength and conditioning coach, I think, uh, is – In his first year down under, Jared Roberts-Smith, who they recruited from the UK, had a bit of time at Stoke City before and Luton Town and clubs like that. But their whole back four at the moment is out with soft tissue injuries uh, and they look slower across the ground than every other team that they face at the moment. And they were pummeled in the derby 6-0. They lose to Adelaide United 3-1 at home and just don't look like they can match any team in the physical department and that's uh, never a good place to start. So you just wonder where their next points are coming from.
0: Yeah, John Paul Marini has, has gone down there. Of course, he was at the Mariners uh, and, and and left there and is now been uh, taken back in at Melbourne Victory to try and bolster them. They're in all sorts of trouble. I, I, look, I, I've called different sports over the years. But it's never really been my strong suit. But for you, you have grazed your way from one commentary box to the next and done it brilliantly. How do you change? How, how do you get your mindset right? I know you're full on football at the moment, but it won't be long before you'd be calling rugby league and afl how do you how do
2: you do it well i tend to just turn up at the ground and then i realize which uh, posts are stuck in there and you're trying to get your, uh, the mindset going the right kind of way but uh, what a fabulous start to the the rugby league season on the weekend although not a lot has changed you know the good teams that we've uh, grown used to in recent seasons seem to be uh, turning it on again uh, penrith were fantastic the roosters who are contenders just blitzed manly uh, my Parramatta Eels came from behind to get the chocolates mm. up in Brisbane um, so it was another great weekend
1: Let's talk about a couple of coaches and it's funny it's, I know it's only round one but but Des Hasler, he, he's, he looks like he's under pressure already and as will Anthony Griffin if he doesn't start performing with the um, with the Dragons
2: Yeah, it was deja vu just watching um, the highlights of the Cronulla game against the Dragons at Cogra. I mean it was a wet afternoon again and i remember they faced off in a wet afternoon last season and uh, little kicks went in behind and um they led to tries on a, on a mm-hmm. wet afternoon i mean ben hunt's effort for that uh, first, first try was a yeah. shocker like, yeah. you, you got to make sure you kick that dead and, and you start again but he basically has an air swing and gives Cronulla the first try and uh, and they leave with the two points in the end and as you say des hasler Under the pump, 46 points to four, uh, beaten by the Roosters with uh, Tedesco and the Morris boys on fire. But, um, of course, he'd love to have Tom Trubojevic playing, but um, he pinged his hammy again. And and so much depends on when Tommy Turbo is playing for Manly. They're tough to beat. When he's not there, they, they tend to lose
0: yeah i know that vision of him running down the stain i don't think des hasler would have been too happy with all of that what's it like having the crowds back as a commentator because you obviously called a lot of sport during the heart and uh, the height of the pandemic uh, but look i know as a fan it's just brilliant to be watching at home and hear the roar of the crowd
2: absolutely um fox sports was a world leader with their uh, uh fake crowd noise so that certainly helped the commentator because that was being fed into our ears but uh when you arrive at a ground and you've got the buzz and you sense some fans are around and, and just the little murmurs that occur when they see certain things on the field. And then, as you say, the roar, you can mm. certainly ride that as a commentator. So, yeah, we can't wait until it's absolute capacity at, uh, at games. And it uh, certainly makes for a better product in all sports, all round. I
0: remember doing that. I remember doing the cricket commentary. I, I, I... Years ago, it was about ninety four, ninety five, and I was working at TUE in Sydney, and they decided, okay, no, we're not going to travel. You would have been playing, Shane. You're not going to travel this year. Tim, you'll do all the sports reports. We'll call them. The, I forget what they were, but we called it the cricket centre. So every radio show would cross into the cricket centre. So we had fake sound effects, but they were fake sound effects from Chelsea and Arsenal. So there'd be Bell Reeve-Oval, no one there. Ah, this roaring crowd
2: behind it, it was outrageous. It was Love. your Alan McGill moment uh, when he used to <laughs> call and then uh, make the fact yeah the fake noise of the uh, willow. Yeah,
1: thing, yeah. Uh, I, t- I tell you, I tell you where there won't be fake noise, boys. It, it, on Friday night at the MCG, when uh, when Richmond take on Carlton, that will be an absolute cracker. I think to kick off the AFL season.
2: Yeah, Thursday night it is actually. That yeah, tends apologies. to be the slot, doesn't yeah. it, for uh, sport these days that the uh, the big competitions, I mean, rugby league have Thursday night football every week and, mm. and the AFL kick off their season on a Thursday night as well. And and lately, I mean, this is always the traditional fixture, Richmond against uh, Carlton at the MCG. And uh, I think about 50% capacity, maybe Correct. more at the MCG. So we're looking forward to that one. And uh, yeah, Richmond, the, the Premier's in action and the one pre-season game that we saw in the Amy Community Series, they look ready to go again. So it's going to be fascinating viewing and everyone is expecting Carlton to be on the up in 2021 as well.
0: All right, mate. Well, we'll let you uh, don your plus fours and uh, get out on the golf course. You're a very talented golfer. Uh, what's your handicap at the moment?
2: I know, you're a big rap on me, aren't you, Timmy? Um <laughs> I've got it down just below 10, just snuck in under 10. How's yours going?
0: Well, no, mine's blowing in the wind. I think it's around 20 at the moment. It's probably too low. Did
2: you collect a trophy recently?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. But, you know, we won't won't talk about my golf game because I don't know if you can count a trophy win when you're playing off 22. It was a disgrace. But anyway, um, Brenton Speed from Fox Sports. It is always a treat. Good on you, boys. See you, Ben. Take care, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we head to the track. All about motorsport, it's John Thompson Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players, and clubs to share stories, match results, memories, and experiences. Stump2stump.com. All right, let's head to the track, Motorsport, and uh, of course, the voice of Motorsport for this particular program is John Thompson. How are you, Toma? G'day, guys. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Tomo, let's start, made with Ferrari. The, the new
3: car looks very different, doesn't it? It does, and it's really polarised a lot of opinions. It's got the green sponsorship of Mission Willow, which is um, a lot of people don't realise it's Philip Morris, the tobacco company's uh, vaping mm. brand. And, uh, in fact, Philip Morris has been the, still the partner sponsor for the Ferrari team, even though tobacco advertising has been banned. Uh, for more than a decade so uh, that's polarised people the the big sort of splash of green on the back of the Ferrari but also the look of the car and um, you know Look, in initial testing on Friday uh, in Bahrain, they were nowhere. They've improved a bit, but still they're mid-pack and they're not really showing a lot of uh, great form heading into the season opener in a fortnight's time. Uh, with Sergio, sorry, with um, Charles Leclerc uh, finishing uh, 18th uh, overnight in the third day of testing, uh, and his uh, teammate Carlos Sainz Jr. Um, coming in in third, which wasn't too bad, but it was on very soft tyres. It's go, go, go in Monaco. We'll never hear that again, Tomo. Um,
0: I, I used to love his commentary, Murray Walker, and he, he came to the to the microphone late, didn't he? Uh, God rest his soul. He's passed away at the age of 97. I was fortunate enough to cover a number of Grand Prix where he was the commentator and and, you know, there was a real revered status that he had in the sport. Yeah, look, he had
3: a massive knowledge, Tim, huge knowledge of Formula One. Um, You know, he came to it, as you say, late. His father was a motorcycle commentator on tracks around Britain and Murray uh, came in after the war and uh, started as an apprentice to his dad, if you like, and then moved into commentary for the BBC. uh, And as a result of that, when... Formula One became a global sport in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, all of the English-speaking world, or most of the English-speaking world, took the BBC uh, commentary, which was, of course, Murray Walker and the 1976, uh, World, champ- 1977 world champion James Hunt. So... You know, he, he just blossomed around the world and became a, a global uh, phenomenon. And I met him uh, a couple of times, most particularly at Bathurst in the late 90s when Channel 7 got him out to do commentary on the two-litre touring cars uh, at Mount Panorama. Uh, and he was a very amusing guy. He was very funny, very, very self-deprecating. And, um, yeah, sadly missed around Formula One. Uh, everyone was really very enamoured by Murray Walker, who's a great character.
1: Tom, let's go quickly to bah- Bahrain. Uh, Mercedes, a few
3: glitches uh, for them over there. They were in more trouble than the early settlers on Friday, and that not they, uh, Shane? Weren't they uh, what? The car looked uncomfortable to drive. There's been some small aerodynamic changes to the Formula One rules in the off-season, and it look like, looks like Mercedes-Benz are really struggling to make them work. Uh, Lewis Hamilton looped it twice big spins, uh, once on Friday and then again, uh, on Saturday. Uh, so he, you know, he's really struggling with the performance of the car and even with a set of soft tires where they came good, uh, in Bahrain on Sunday evening, um, he could only manage fifth, uh, where his teammate Valtteri Bottas was actually second last mm. in the final day of uh, practice. So, you know, that, that says that the car is difficult to drive, um, but the um, the ones to watch, I think, are going to be Red Bull. Max Verstappen clearly fastest on day two and day three. Admittedly, with the softest of soft tyres on, uh, but he had a real duel with his AlphaTori, uh How would you call it? Sort of teammate. That's the, uh, of course, used to be the uh, Toro Rosso team, um, and both of those cars have uh, the Honda engine in them, and that's uh, Yuki. To Snoda, uh, who is the mm-hmm. Japanese driver that's been drafted into that team, of course Honda have announced they're pulling out of Formula One. Red Bull came a couple of weeks ago and said, "Okay, that's fine. We're going to take over the Honda engine program and actually establish our own engine um, wow. operation here in England and use the Honda engine as that basis." And obviously they've been doing enormous amount of work to those cars, so just running through the top sort of times Max Verstappen fastest Yuki Tsunoda uh, second fastest Carlos Sainz third Kimi Raikkonen in the uh, Alpha Romeo racing uh machine, in fourth ahead of Lewis Hamilton. George Russell um, only did the third day of testing in the Williams and a a very impressive sixth. Daniel Ricciardo, seventh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. He was Mm. quick out of the box on Friday, in fact, quickest of all of the uh, Formula One drivers on Friday in the first day of of practice uh, and was incredibly impressive. That car looked really easy to drive. They had no problems. And really what this uh, pre-season testing is about is allowing the teams to get all the bugs ironed out. Mm. Clearly, from what I've been reading, the McLaren team have no bugs and they're really able to set the car up for a for a strong performance. Let's hope so. Um, and certainly a lot better than the Renault, well now called Alpine team that uh, uh, that Daniel Ricciardo's left and his team teammate Lando Norris. Mm. Uh, he was eleventh fastest and at times. On Friday and Saturday, he was in second and third place. So that says a lot about the McLaren and the work they've done in the off-season to make this car competitive.
0: Yeah, he's got a good car, hasn't he? So he's, he's half a chance. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton's going to be the hot, hot favourite. But how do these guys do it? Look, I know I'm a mere mortal and, and, and could lose a couple of kilos, if not 10 or 12. But I, I, I shot a story for Sky News the other day with Maserati. And Maserati's one of the sponsors at Sky and had the opportunity to go out to Eastern Creek. And, and I was sitting in the passenger seat last week as a professional driver was getting up to speeds of 250. And those G-forces, seriously, thank God I hadn't had any breakfast. How do they hold it together for that length of time? I find it unbelievable. Obviously, they're, they're
3: primed athletes, but it's it's challenging stuff. They do all sorts of different exercises, Tim. They, they do a huge amount of work on their necks because of the G-forces that the cars generate. Obviously, in that Maserati, you would have been cruising around uh, Eastern Creek, you know, probably – um, maybe half as quick as a Formula One car. Wow. They would they would lap there in you know, a lap time about half what the Maserati road car would do, and the g forces you felt double that. Um, you know, it's incredible strain on their bodies. But they, as I say, they are incredibly fit athletes. They do an enormous amount of work both on certain muscle groups in their bodies, but also on cardiovascular work because your heartbeat races up to you know, mm. 160, 170 at times, um, fueled by adrenaline, and uh, you've really got to have a cardiovascular system that's working properly. Um, and you look at them get out of the cars at the end of you know a 200-kilometer race, a Grand Prix, and they are absolutely bathed in sweat. And of course, they're in three layers of flameproof proof um, clothing uh, with a helmet and a balaclava on and all sorts of other things, confined in a very tight cockpit, behind an engine generating enormous heat um, or in front of an engine uh, uh, generating enormous heat. So they're the sort of strains they put in their bodies. It is amazing that they can cope and keep their head together and think straight at that sort of speed. And when they do make mistakes on track, you've got to actually factor that in. It's it's not an easy environment to uh, to make split-second decisions in.
1: Hey, Timmy, at the end of the hot laps, did you give him a swing through Macca's drive through for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm never too far away from a McFlurry or a cheeseburger and I always go for the steam bun. you got to always go for the steam bun. Now, what about Shane Van Gisberger? Should they just be banned from mountain biking? It's like all these sportsmen that go off and do something else and injure themselves. We've got Sandown this weekend and there's still an injury cloud over him. He might have been taking his mountain bike through Maccas himself.
3: Well, Tim, it's it's getting back to what I was just saying about fitness and that's, that's one of the ways that these guys work on their fitness it also sharpens their um their reaction times because it's you know you're making split second decisions on a on a mountain bike screaming down a hill and sometimes it goes wrong as we saw with Fernando Alonso breaking his jaw in a road bike accident um a, a few weeks ago but of course he turned up in Bahrain so he's all fit to go um the Red Bull Holden racing team are going to make a decision later in the week as close as possible mm. to uh the Sandown this next weekend and see if he's going to be okay to to race. Let's hope so, because obviously he was the dominant force at Bathurst in the opening round. Um, And of course, Sandown another uh, fill-in event because normally they would have been racing this weekend just past at Albert Park in the Australian Formula One Grand Prix program. But of course that's gone by the wayside. So Sandown's their fill-in and that's, uh, as I say, next weekend. So Let's hope that uh, Shane Van Gisbergen is fit and well and ready to uh, defend his lead in the supercar title. Uh,
1: well said, Johnny. And as usual, mate, brilliant to have you on and um, take care. And the season's
0: fast approaching, so we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Certainly, guys. Speak soon. What do you What do you go for in Maccas, Tomo, if you just sort of drift through? Um, a, a bottle of water, Timmy. Oh, I, you're I, I rarely sheet. eat Maccas. I prefer sheet. to go to a grilled. Oh, okay. Okay. Got that. What about you, Shane? Oh, mate, I'm a big Mac sort of man, you know. Two or one?
1: <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> Three. We're we'll <be> back after, <laughs> sh- we'll <be> back after <laughs> a short break. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Tomo. guys. On you, That's it for afternoon sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app now. Yeah, www.SpartanSportsHQ.com. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you to the great John Thompson and Brenton Speed. Also a big thank you to Spartan Sports, who are great sponsors of ours, Shane. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. And that cricket bat signed by the wonderful Chris Gale is there for someone. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook and someone will walk away with that beautiful cricket bat. It really is nice. And a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you tomorrow.